Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Black Ink Podcast. My name is Jake Kerr, and I would like to welcome you to episode number 31. Now, look, I'll be the first to admit I had a bit of a hiatus. I took a break after recording my last podcast on Sunday while I was driving home from Mount Barcraft to selling the caravan. I uh, I was feeling good. Actually, I I this is I, I will I will talk about this, okay? Because I was feeling really interesting, and after talking to my mum just now on the phone, who just listened um, to that podcast that I recorded on Sunday when I sold the van. She just listened to it yesterday, so she's she's real fresh on it. And I've been feeling really guilty because this is Thursday afternoon. I'm releasing this Friday morning, which means I've had a four-day break, essentially, not recording podcasts, which a part of me feels like, obviously, immediately I feel kind of guilty for it because it's like, you know, you set this obligation with yourself. You set this standard for the business so that, you know, it's not even that I set an obligation. It's that I set a bit of a, like, this is what we're doing every day, you know? So if you just set the thing where, like, it doesn't matter what's going on. I'm doing this every day. It doesn't really matter about the quality or the standard as long as I do it every day. So I'm exercising that muscle. So I get to a certain point where it will develop itself because I have that repetition in there. I have that discipline. I have that routine. And you just, like, come to repeat it. At the same time, I also don't put too much pressure on myself when I find myself not enjoying the thing that I'm doing. And I know this is one of those things where you go like, right, how usable, like how applicable is this particular way of like managing your life? And it's an interesting answer because like, I feel like now I've got myself into a position where I can adjust things. I can, I can make moves. I can kind of, um, you know, I can plan my week out to do particular things on particular days now. And you go like, oh, cool. Everyone can do that. I mean, like, my whole day, my whole day, every day, every week from now on, I plan when I'm going to do things, whether it's 10 o'clock in the morning or three o'clock in the afternoon or 10 o'clock at night or whether it's in Perth or whether it's, you know, whatever it might be, I have that complete freedom. So now what I find myself doing is you have to have a fine dance. Like I do, I have this crazy thing with myself where I don't know whether I'm doing the right thing or the wrong thing. And a lot of it just bases, boils down to like, if I'm doing something for black ink, then as a baseline, I'm doing the right thing. And then if it's like something that's super like essential to the next step for black ink, or it's like part of the process of something greater that I'm trying to achieve, then yes, you're doing the right thing. But the thing about not doing something like the podcast and not doing it for three or four days in a row, which is what I've done, I find myself, I feel guilty. And there's a part of me that feels guilty. There's like, that just comes from like a really authentic place. I can't help that. And that's how I know like within myself, and look, I'm not ringing my own bell here. I'm just saying that's how I know within myself that I'm a hard worker because I have that guilt in myself. You know what I mean? Like when I don't do a job properly, I feel bad about it. So I'll fix the job before I leave the job sort of thing. And when I set these tasks for myself and I don't do them or when I don't meet these little goals, like the whole reason I wanted to get episode 30 recorded on Sunday was it so I could record, uh, sorry, so I could post 30 on Monday and then, you know, I go... Monday 30, Tuesday 31, 32, 33, 34, 35. So then every round number would be landing on a Monday because I obviously release them on weekdays. But obviously haven't done that. I'm going to be releasing 31 on a Friday and that completely throws that whole idea at the window. But at the same time, by not doing it for those four days, I say to myself, right, if you're not going to do this, you have to make it justifiable. You have to say like, right, I didn't do this, so I did this, or I didn't do this because I had this and this and this in the way whatever it might be. And look, I want to be completely honest as to why I did it. I can't be completely honest at the moment because it's just, um, it's not that there's anything crazy. I just fucking, I found myself slipping back into an old routine of just like, I guess almost uh, ignorance 
uh, yeah, it is. It's ignorance. It's being um, and just being a bit selfish as well, putting myself before my business. So I'm just today. I took positive steps in the right direction to kind of put myself first and uh, sorry, put my business first, not myself first, and just kind of keep myself true. You know what I mean? Because it's so easy to get distracted by things that. And sometimes things that aren't, aren't even important, but some somehow you like you let them one peg at a time, like take priority over other shit. They started right at the bottom, and then just one move at a time, they get their way all the way to the top. And you're like, why do I put all my attention into this when that doesn't serve me? You know, and that can that can be fucking anything, man. That can be drinking too many coffees every day. You know, so I've really, I like at, in one one side of me this week has been, and like, man, the thing is, I've been all over the place, and this is what Mum was asking me about. Um, about how I feel about not having the caravan. And I remember speaking a little bit about it um, on the drive home from uh, Mount Barker. And obviously I was quite charged in the car on the way home because I had a beautiful experience with the people that I sold the caravan to. I'd had a brilliant experience as far as the drive itself, um, something that I was looking forward to because being an ex-truck driver, obviously like these long distance things where you're towing something and like you, I put in all this you know preparation for it and I pull over and I do my checks and I make sure everything's like I was really happy with the job well done i'd done 300 something kilometers with the caravan on and had no problems no troubles it was in the dark and it was in the fog and i still did it really well so i had like i was really happy with that but also i was so concerned that i was getting rid of something that was like iconic of like freedom and success and i only say that now because i come to a point of realizing that that's what it was about i had some sort of like and this is a thing when I think about the freedom that it represents in my mind, and it's really, really important to understand like why freedom is important. Like for me, the reason why import, uh, the, the reason why freedom has so much importance is because it like it represents a part of my life that should only increase the older that I get. This is a thing. Like when you're a kid, you think when you have your license and when you have a job and when you have money, you'll be free. But you don't realize the things that you think will give you freedom are the things that take away your freedom by having a car it doesn't mean that you can get places it just means you can get to your job to help you pay for the shit you need to keep a car for the registration for the servicing for the insurance for the petrol for the bullshit you know what i mean like your use of a car if you break it down into like percentages it's a very small percentage of that car being used for pleasure or the beauty of having you know that feeling that you get from driving that particular car and then when you think like, oh, but I'll have a job, so I have freedom. I mean, everyone knows how this story ends. You get a job, it just means that now you don't have 40 hours or you don't have 50 hours or whatever it is of your work week of that time that you've got, that life force that you've given every week. Now, a good section of it belongs to someone else. And you can have, this is the thing, like we get by because we're allowed to have a social life within our work life. We get by because we get a just enough give and take from while we're giving away our time and energy to fuel someone else's business and company or whatever, we get just enough back from like the interaction or consideration we get from the business to maintain doing that. But the thing is, what all of this does, piece by piece, is it's taking away our freedom. And we get ourselves, I mean, in some sense, we're all searching for, and I don't want to get too deep and fucking woo-woo with it and say we're all searching for freedom in some sort of way, but we are. That's why the that's why the weekend is so important. That's why what roster you work is so important. That's why the relationship that you have with money is important because it comes down to what sort of freedom it's giving you, right? So when I think about why getting rid of the caravan hurt me so much is because I felt like I was losing freedom by giving the caravan away. And then, I mean, obviously that's where a normal person just goes, hey, cool, I had a thought, I'm gonna leave it there. 
that's when I got my shovel out and I started fucking digging, right? Because I thought, what does it mean to me to have freedom and why does it hurt me to see the caravan go when I'm now in a position of ultimate freedom compared to what the caravan offered me in reality just, you know, a month ago. A month ago, the freedom that the caravan offered me was having to walk up the hill to go to the toilet. Like the freedom that the caravan offered me meant that I didn't have any running hot water. The freedom that the caravan offered me was actually more like akin to being in a cell, being in a room, a very small room for most of your day. You still have freedom. You can still go do whatever you want. But I feel like the essence of freedom that I was talking about was the fact that I could hook up my home anywhere and I could go wherever I wanted. I could still live. Right. And obviously the creature comforts that you give up and what you have in a house, the, what you get in return is the ability to take that house everywhere. Right. But the problem is I never got to do that. And if you're not familiar with the story, the reason I didn't get to do that is because of Corona. And I don't want to be one of those people that, that, that says like, oh, I was going to do this. And then Corona got in the way. I was genuinely going to fucking travel around the country. And then Corona got in the way. Like I literally bought a caravan to do that. I spent over a year doing up the caravan and the car, saving all my money, doing all the bullshit. I had my rental ending on a particular day. We we're getting in the caravan. We we're fucking leaving. And it was like a month before that Corona, like properly. I mean, that was in March of last year. And coronavirus, we heard about it for the first time December of the year before. So it was one of those things where it's just like, it was it was so just like, fuck, it was just taken away. You know what I mean? It was taken away. And what I did is I made the best of a bad situation. Like Larissa and I are like, right, we're gonna live in the caravan, that's all good. Um, we're gonna do it where it still serves the purpose of like taking advantage of the fact we don't have to pay for rent. And that's probably one of the biggest things that like in hindsight I get to take away from all of this is like, that was the real power move of the caravan. I bought it for like what, you know, your average male in my age would spend for about six months on rent. That's how much I paid for my caravan. And then I lived in it for 18 months where I didn't pay a single day's worth of rent the whole time and then sold it for the similar amount of money that I paid for it. So like, obviously the biggest thing to take away from all that is the fact that I didn't pay for rent. But when I think about the freedom that I bought this caravan for, this idea that was bait, that was built up around buying the caravan, it actually never came to fruition. And then I thought, well, why do I feel like I'm getting rid of any sort of freedom if not only was the real like living reality in the caravan actually not having freedom at all. And on top of that, I never really got the freedom that I was anticipating I was going to get from the caravan. And the only answer that I could come up with, and this is something that obviously there is no right or wrong answer. And this is just a, a conversation that I've had with myself and come to like an actualization of like, that's what it is. And I think, I think based off the fact that I feel more free now than what I ever have, even though this may be like, besides fucking two months ago, the, the least amount of money I've ever had in my life. But I have ultimate freedom in that I do whatever I want with my day. If my alarm goes off and I don't feel like getting out of bed, I don't get out of bed. If I don't feel like working today, I don't work today. You know, And obviously I'm in a, such a position that it's, it's only shooting myself in the foot if I decide not to work. But the point is I have so much freedom now that it doesn't make sense to get scared about losing that little bit of freedom that I felt like I was losing with the caravan. My answer is residual freedom. It's the feeling of freedom that's left over that's intertwined with having that caravan. Because obviously, as I said, I went all that time without paying any rent. So I used to walk out and like, you know, every time you go and have a shower, you go to the toilet, you'd be walking back to the caravan. And this is a regular thing for me because it would happen, 
you know, anywhere between two and, you know, five, six times a day, depending on how many times you go on, you know, to and from the bathroom and toilet and that. But I would look at the caravan and I'll be proud because that's my house. That's where my family lives. That's where we make memories. That's what we do. This And like at any time we can hook up and we can fuck off and all the rest. And it was like, I guess it was similar to the sort of feeling you meant to have when you're walking up to that house that's the, you know, the Australian dream that you've bought and you and your missus own it together and you got your your son and your daughter and your little puppy and you know you know the neighbor and all the rest it's like I felt like I had that with the caravan I felt like I had this sense of like that I belonged in this situation because of that thing that thing kind of relied on me and I relied on it so yeah look I've ex- I've expanded on a fucking really small thought there but the point is driving back on Sunday I was so stuck between like being excited that because I bought the caravan and because we didn't have any any rent, it meant that I had all this spare time and I learned these skills and I applied them to starting a business and that didn't do any well. And then I applied everything that I had learned to the business that I already had, which is Black Ink. And then I just followed that as hard as I possibly fucking could. And now I've got myself to a point where Black Ink is facilitating enough fucking turnover that we can go and get a rental. And then not only that, but the rental is going to have so much room that you can expand your business into whatever you want it to be. And now because you have this rental, you can get rid of the caravan. And now I've sold the caravan and I'm on my way back to that rental to be making these decisions like, right, now I've got this pocket full of cash. What am I going to do with Black Ink? What's the next move? How can I further myself and my business and all the rest? So that drive home was like, and also, as I said in the drive, it was like third time lucky. It was one of those things that was meant to happen on this day. It was meant to happen on that day. And then it turned into me having to deliver it to deliver it like fucking 300 something kilometers away. So that drive home was just like a massive sigh of relief. It was like, thank fuck, you know? So in, in reflection, I guess, between now and then, I have spent like, and seeing like where the caravan used to sit at dad's house is pretty, it's pretty like devastating. Like I feel like you're like, oh, my first thought is like, if it isn't there, where is it? And then you're like, you're, you remind yourself like it doesn't actually matter where it is because it's not yours. And I think that's the biggest thing is that it's, the fact that it's not yours, the fact that if you just want to go do something or, you know, now if you talk about it, you're just the guy who used to own the cool thing, you know, or you used to live in a caravan. It's like, man, nothing is, how, how fucking weird is that? Nothing is as good as what it is when it's actually happening. You know what I mean? Like nothing, like it, it's kind of like when you meet that bloke down the pub and he's like, yeah, I used to have a fucking XB, mate, she's all red. You should have seen her fucking sitting in the garage. And I'm fucking beautiful. Not perfectly straight panels on it i'm telling you i can set a 22s on like probably not 22s but one of those blokes who like it doesn't matter how much he says it's like bro unless you have that car in your shed i need you to shut the fuck up immediately like there is no question about this i don't care about your story you know but if he had that car like even down to if he's got the car i don't even want to see photos on your phone of it don't talk about it unless the car is like literally here and we can see it otherwise you're just a bullshitter you know and it's like now I'm just a guy who used to own a vintage caravan and, and live in it with his missus and his dog. And not that fucking, you know, the thing that I've gone to isn't heaps cooler. It's just like that thing that I've character. And I think a lot of people don't realize how much they attach their character to like, or what they do to their character. They forget that they are someone performing something or doing something or carrying out a particular situation or exercise. And instead they think they are someone who is the main star of a movie about the thing that they're doing, you know? Like, I know that sounds really crazy. There's something about the human experience that we think that we are the center of our own, like, 
We believe that we're the center of the universe and that there is only one universe and it's ours. And that experience is individual to each human. It's super bizarre. And fuck, I lost the plot on that, didn't I? <laughs> no, I'm not even going to try to get it back either. What I am going to say is I'm seeing too many fucking older people riding scooters, like electric scooters on the road. I don't understand how people think they have like, dude, you know, if you listen to my podcast, you know, I went off on this fucking old lady that like held her mouth at like, oh, is that, are they, are they going out? Like whatever she said when I was getting those free tables and shit. Why is it that like, this is a fucking bigger, this, no, this is a totally bigger topic than what I realized. Why the fuck do people think it's all right to just deteriorate? You know what I mean? Like I just said before how like something about being a child, you think you're only going to get more free the older that you get. Yet somehow like people like think that because they have the freedom of their parents not telling them to eat sugar all day or like, hey, you probably shouldn't have like half a tub of ice cream or you shouldn't do this. That they think it's like, it's just all right to, 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 to like do it. Like, oh yeah, but I haven't died. I'm not dead yet. Or like they haven't had to pull any of my teeth out yet. So they're probably not. No, dude, they're probably going to. It's just a matter of time, you know? Then I don't know whether this might just be that I'm fucking too hard on myself and like, or, or that I, and like, I don't say that as if like, woe is me. I just mean it like I, I am genuinely very, like I, I feel very guilty for eating shit food. If I put on the littlest bit of weight, I feel terrible about it. I do something about it straight away, which is probably where this like really almost like fiery, like I get quite almost angry at people when it's like, you just need to start actively doing something today. You quite obviously have something wrong with your body and you're not doing anything about it. You know, why do people think that, and like, obviously this all goes back to people riding those electric scooters. How, like, how do people think that they have enough control over their universe around them to ride these scooters that can go like 40, 50, 60 Ks an hour and they can't even ride a push bike, let alone navigate wheels that are this big and powered by electricity. What the fuck? Dude, do you know how wrong things can go on big wheels where it's just you propelling it and you've got like really good control over forks in front of you, let alone something that's like a fucking razor scooter with an engine on it? It's insane. And then you see the people riding it and it's like those people who always wear tight t-shirts, but just like quite fucking obviously shouldn't be wearing tight t-shirts. You know what I mean? Like those guys that can never quite grow a full beard and like for some reason are just always elected to get round glasses instead of fucking any of the other ones that look good, you know? So they're riding the little electric scooter and they always push their chest out. Dude, if you're riding an electric scooter, it's actually your responsibility to round your shoulders like the cuck that you are because when you push your chest out, you're trying to let everyone know that you're proud about riding a scooter and there's just doesn't matter how you look at it. There's nothing to be proud of about riding a scooter. And why is it always on the road? Why would you ride one of those scooters on the road? I like, dude, I'm, I fucking literally, I've done so many kilometers on a road bike, like actual road cycling. I used to do it for speed skating. So I, it's, it's hard for me to get upset at cyclists because look, I've been a car driver, motorbike rider, a push bike rider on the road, a truck driver. I started with that. Like, I, I appreciate that the road is just for fucking everyone who's going to use it. But at the end of the day, if you're not wearing Lycra, this is, a, this is a thing. If you're not wearing Lycra, you need to be on the footpath, right? And even if you're wearing Lycra, you might still need to be on the footpath depending on the situation. And look, where I'm from in Bunbury, that pretty much doesn't apply to anyone. But if you're not wearing Lycra, get the fuck on the footpath. And if you want to be on the road on your scooter, that's all good. But just so everyone knows that you're a fuckhead, you have to wear Lycra. 
So you have to wear a full Lycra getup, and I don't care if it's two piece or one piece with the zip up the front, has to be Lycra, and you have to wear it while you're on your fucking scooter on the road, right? Now you know I got insecure at the end of that because I said fucking twice and I lost my tempo just a little bit. I hate that. I fucking hate that, especially when you've been on a roll and like you got that sound, you got that sound right with your sentence. You know, I don't think a lot of people know this. You know, like when you talk, a lot of it, like this is like I actually mumble really bad, but I know that people understand what I'm saying because as long as you give them the right sounds at the right time, you can kind of provoke them into understanding the sentence, even if you just say it way too quick and don't really say any words. And that comes from just like if you listen to people people when they're talking and try not to listen to the words that they're saying, but the sounds that they're making, and it's just like constantly like up down up down up down up down. It always follows a tempo, and that's like when you listen to really intelligent people, uh, and I mean intelligent like comedians and stuff what they're doing is they're adding intelligence into that tempo and into that like sound and pit uh, sound like volume control and pitch control they're adding intelligence into that and that's why it's funny because you have those aha moments but anyway i fucking yeah dude you yeah you gotta wear full lycra if you're gonna wear gonna fucking ride a scooter you know what i mean i mean it's it's also like People who buy these scooters and then you find out they're worth like heaps of money. I don't understand. I don't understand in general where people are getting their money from like anyway. Like it seems pretty crazy to me that people even can afford phones. You know, literally like phones are so fucking expensive. The majority of people are just like happy to find a hundred and something dollars a month rather than just a one time upfront you know, fucking thousand bucks or two thousand bucks, whatever it is. And I'm no better than it. I'm on a monthly plan. I'm not saying that like, oh, it should be like this. I just think it's so crazy. Like we walked into a furniture shop the other day and no shit, man. Like everything in there was absurdly priced. There was like a chair, like a single chair in there, like just like a, a lounge chair that doesn't recline or anything, just a normal chair. And it's like, it was $600. Now look, I know there's probably going to be a time where I'll look back at this and be like, oh, look, a little broke kid was complaining about a $600 chair. But who the fuck has $600 to spend on a chair? You know, like I appreciate there's real go-getters out there that are really making money. I'm talking about the majority of motherfuckers that like a good portion of what they earn goes towards their rent or their mortgage. Who has $600 to spend? And this is the thing. The people that I'm talking about that like the good portion of their, um, you know, uh, wage goes towards rent or a mortgage. I'm not saying that they're not rich enough to afford it. I'm saying that they're dumb enough to find a way to afford that. That's the thing. I don't understand how like in general, most people like the rule that most people follow is look like you've got money rather than have the money. Like people would rather their friends come to their house when they're like, um, being hospitable. What's the word when you're entertaining, they'll like, Rather people come to their house and have them sit on shit that they literally can't afford. As long as they can afford to have it in that moment to show off. That doesn't really matter that they can't afford it. As long as their friends think that they can afford that sort of shit. And the fucked part about the human like mind is that when their friends see that, they go, oh, such and such has got this. I like, I think I should have that, you know? And then, and then it becomes like, oh, well, where, how can I get the money to afford this thing that I can't afford so that the appearance is kept up, you know? Like, I feel like this is a thing, like one thing that I've given myself permission to do lately is like actualize when I don't know things in the moment. Like if I'm walking somewhere and like, especially when guys are with other guys, 
it's really easy to like forget that you're allowed to admit that you don't know something or that you're wrong or that you know you said something before and it wasn't right whatever it is fill in the gap it's really difficult to do that as a male i've been giving myself permission lately that every time i'm in a situation where i don't know it's just like someone will say something and i go oh and and that works with like what i, I don't know what this is you know like just exactly owning the situation like i don't know can you tell me what this is and then not only do you get to find out what that thing is but people then can treat you with more authenticity because they go like well this person isn't going to piss in my pocket just to keep the conversation going they can keep the conversation going by just being genuine and asking and saying interested because half the time like those situations when someone's like giving you some sort of and this, I'll tell you what, if you're a bloke listening to this, you know exactly what I'm talking about. There's always those situations where bloke will say, blokes will say some technical shit in a conversation that's specific to the genre of what they're talking about. And most of the time, it's knowing that the other blokes don't know what that particular thing is. Because most people go like, oh, I'm super into speed skating. I could reference some names and parts and, and, and like, uh, what do you call them? producers of skates and all that that you've never heard of and then someone who's known to skates would just be like oh yeah so you got the rocker frame that's cool and and, you know like not knowing and the fucked part about it is like dudes will do that in some sort of like unspoken invisible pissing contest that is inevitably into the wind anyway because like best case scenario like i know what you're talking about and i know you're a fuckhead for just trying to use big words Worst case scenario, I'm like, oh, so what's that? And now you've got to fill in the gap with like some, you know, answer to something that you probably could have just fitted into the sentence to begin with. But look, man, look, it's not like I'm upset about how people structure their sentences and all the rest. I'm just saying some guys have unnecessary ego issues, you know, all good. But getting back to the point, giving yourself permission to to like say, hey, like, I don't know what's going on or I don't know what this is. Can you please explain this for me? And then like letting that be your what is it like for me i feel like i almost like i let that be my um salvation you know when it comes to like instead of being someone who like i i see like an easy example is like the first day of a job where if someone if they go like oh you you know like so this works with this and then this works with this and then that goes to that and then you know you might not know what three of the things that they just describe are and now you've got to go the rest of the day trying to not only figure that out but figure out everything else, all the information that's built up on top of the foundation of you knowing what that first thing was, you know? So <clears throat> instead, if you like, they go, oh, this goes to this, to that, to that, and you go, hang on, what'd you say that one was and how does that work and rah, rah? Most of the time, that person is really excited to like pull you in and go like, oh, well, this is how it works. If you don't know, let me explain it because I do know what's going on. And that's the point I was making. If you're in a situation where dudes are just trying to piss into the wind and say highly technical things for the sake of making themselves sound smart, get better friends. That's the only advice I got. But typically, if you're in a situation where somebody says something and you're like, hang on, hang on, what's that? What, 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 how does that work? Most of the time, if they don't have that ego issue, you get a really good response. And also, you get a bit of respect out of it because, they, as I said, they're going like, well, at least Jake's fucking paying attention to the situation. And also, if you've asked for a question, if you've requested the information out of them, your likelihood to remember what they've spoken about and like what you take away from it goes through the roof because you're the one who's like instigating that information to be propagated. God damn it, there were some good words in there, hey? Man. Look, I'm going to be a bad person today. I just wanted to get the ball rolling again. I want to get some momentum and just feel good about podcasting again. I'm going to cut it off at half an hour. I know. I know. I'm a fucking bad person. 
but I just wanted to get a podcast down for for the day, at least have a bit of a fucking entry for the week. I've spoken my mind about kind of coming back from selling the caravan and all the rest. I don't really have any more uh, progression or development on what's going on with Black Ink to tell you about, but I can say that I'm still very excited. I bought some more, some small bits and pieces getting ready for this pretty large piece of equipment that I've got on the way. I've been in conversations with heaps of small businesses around town and up in Perth, and I'm starting to build a bit of a plan as to how the next six months are going to look. Um, if you aren't up to date, I've got some, uh, I, I released nine New Jersey designs yesterday morning, which was the, I, I believe the ninth. I just went to check my phone to see what the date was, but my phone's in front of me recording this podcast. All good. But, um, yeah, so I, I released a whole bunch of New Jersey designs, which is just a bit of a test. I just wanted to see what's, how bizarre people are going to let me go with these jerseys. So I'm kind of hoping to get like just a few uh, small batches of concept jerseys uh, in. Also, the socks went on sale Saturday morning. So I probably have already talked about it on the podcast, but they went on sale Saturday morning. They fucking sold out super quick. They sold out an hour and a half. So thank you to everyone who got themselves a pair of socks. If you missed out on a pair of socks, it's all good because I'm going to be getting three new styles of socks within a month. We're going to get them in. We're going to have fucking, what's that? Probably just under 100 pairs of socks that are going to be good to go. They're all going to be really reasonably priced, so I'm super excited to bring them to market. It's going to be fun. I've got a new shirt coming out. I've got a new collab coming out. Obviously, I'm going to have new hockey jerseys coming. We've got all the blokes who got their custom motorcycle jerseys, uh, the custom black ink motorcycle jerseys. We're going to see them racing in the next month or so because we've got the Bunbury State round here, I'm pretty sure, in the next month. Also have the Perth Motorcycle Show next weekend, which is at the... Hmm... Something Dogs Pavilion, maybe? Starts at 9 o'clock. It's on the 18th. They're going to be posting heaps about it, where I'm going to be, what I'm going to be selling. I'm going to have a small amount of stock there um, in all different sizes. I'm going to have some jersey, hockey jerseys, motocross jerseys, all different t-shirts, crop tops. Going to have a few jumpers. So come down, say hello. Come get a photo. Come hang out. I fucking wish I could take my Harley so we go go waste a back tire, but unfortunately, it's not going to be the, the day for it. There's going to be too much going on. So look, it is what it is. I'm sorry if this podcast has been a bit of a nightmare to listen to. I'll admit I'm fucking anxious as hell recording. I don't know what it is just being out of practice for four days. I think I'm just, I don't know, coming in a bit foggy. Anyway, I hope it's been all right to listen to. I hope you're having a lovely day. Don't forget, be good to your mum because I'm fucking out. Yeah!